Hi, I'm Emily Salaby, founder of Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company, and your host on the Hazard Girls podcast here on Jacket Media. I'm so honored to host this show where I get to chat with Hazard Girls about their careers. Hazard Girls is an online community for women working in traditionally male-dominated fields. On our show, you'll get to hear from these amazing women about the path that led them to their current careers, challenges they've overcome, advice for other women in entering these industries, and more. Today, we're joined by two guests who are the founding partners of Women Gone Global Partners, LLC. They are Valencia McDaniel and Erica Jean-Baptiste. Women Gone Global's motto is, we equip, we build, we grow. And their goal is to fill the skilled trades work gap by equipping women to build their careers in these industries. Valencia McDaniel and Erica Jean-Baptiste, we are so excited to have you on the Hazard Girls podcast today. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Emily. We're excited to be here. Well, this is great. Since we're lucky enough to have you both here today, I would like to learn a bit about each of you and how you got started in construction. So let's start with Valencia. Valencia, you have a bachelor's from Georgia State, and you're very involved with the National Association of Women in Construction as the Atlanta, Georgia chapters, board of directors, president-elect, president and treasurer. And you also have your CIT certification, which is construction industry technician. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got started in the construction industry? Well, I sort of fell into construction, not by accident or coincidence, because I don't believe in accidents or coincidences, but a friend needed some admin help at her construction company. And so I had the availability and I came on board as basically temporary as a contract worker and they ended up needing me permanently. So I started off in the field as a field office admin and worked my way up. To the point of becoming supervisor over all the admins, becoming the manager, and eventually corporate manager. And then as our construction company basically didn't fold, but the CEO retired. And so we got absorbed back into our parent corporate company. And the corporate office kept me on as their corporate manager. So that's sort of, you know, the fast track of how I ended up in construction. And when I started as the admin at in my construction company at IBG, that's when I joined NAWIC. And mm. NAWIC, I basically learned everything I needed to know almost about construction. NAWIC offered me the opportunity to network with other women in the industry. It offered, offered me the opportunity to learn through their NEF courses. And that's where I got my CIT. And that's pretty much where I got my foundation for the construction industry and went forward. And then just over the, the next 14, 15 years, I just, again, rose up in the ranks, started off just as a regular member, got elected onto the board and stayed on the board pretty much <laughs> the next 10 years, either as a board director or as an officer, and as you say, stated, I was a president-elect, then I became president, then media past president, then back on the board, and then became treasurer, and then kind of stepped back to let the new folks take over. So with uh, Women Gone Global, this was a brainchild of Erica and, and I. We've been meeting back 
you know, for a couple of years, once we had met, I think I pulled her into a Block Kids event for Naywick, and we bonded and just started seeing a need and a need to basically train and prepare women and for a career opportunity and make that career be in construction. And so that was sort of the beginnings, if you will, of how Women Gone Global began. And when both of us ended up no longer at our corporate jobs, we said, now is the time. Let's go ahead and make this dream come true and make it a reality. And there, then, as they say, that's it in a nutshell. I think <laughs> Erica, can, Erica can provide the, the all the in, <laughs> inner parts. So. <laughs> well, Erica, you went to school for construction management. And so this wasn't a big surprise to you that you were in this field. You planned it. And you worked for one of the nation's largest flooring companies. And you were also a past president of New Wick Atlanta, Chapter 49. Um, and your role in the construction field, I believe, was contract administrator. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you decided to get involved in the construction industry? Thanks, Emily. This was a pathway through working in my educational background was in accounting. Mm-hmm. And when I moved to Georgia, I ended up working with a contractor, just handling his books at first. And then I actually went out with the crew on one of their projects. They were doing a painting of a commercial building at that time. And with me coming from, you know, growing up in the island of Trinidad and Tobago, very self-sufficient entrepreneurial type family. So a lot of my family members were already doing construction work. None of that was new to me. We have one of the brothers, a welder, one's a millwork specialist, one does, you know, professional masonry. So my brother, my dad was a carpenter, Union Carpenter, New York, when when we were young. So I knew a, a lot about the industry. I never thought of it as a career pathway for myself. Mm-hmm. But while working with this contractor, after a while, it was one of those things where I was cutting checks for the employees and their checks look a lot better than mine. (laughs) And I knew very well what they were doing. I also knew how to do. So I just started going out on the construction projects, then eventually became a subcontractor instead to that same contractor. Mm -hmm. And that kind of led me into thinking, you know what, this is something that I can actually do because I already do it. I learned a lot from, I was the only female and a lot of them never saw another female climb the 40 foot ladder, (laughs) you know, just get up there and doing work. But that just empowered me, I guess, because I realized, wow, if I can really do this and make good money, then, and I do, I really enjoyed working with my hands. I always did. Having the opportunity to do that is what opened up the world for me. I eventually left that opportunity and went to work with the flooring subcontractor. Now, they were basically in the market of large commercial construction projects. So there's where I really got a whole different view about the industry to the point where I decided I was going to go back to school 
And that's when I went to the technical college and got uh, the commercial construction management uh, training. Oh, cool. Okay. That was so great because at that college, they worked directly with the general contractors in creating that program. It was based on the needs of the GC. So I got hands-on experience and knowledge working, doing the same things in the classroom I was able to do at my job. So learning contract administration and getting the CCCA was the same thing I was doing on the job, you know, reading and executing contracts. Estimating, it was all tied into the projects that we were working on. I was able to go down to the plan room, look at what they were working on, and just be able to understand what we're doing. That allowed a lot of different opportunities to open up. With getting involved in NAWIC, I think that was true Valencia, like she says, being volunteered for the Block Kids program, which is an introduction for young kids into construction with a, a building block competition. I got hooked at that point with NAWIC because it was just amazing to me to see these young kids build these structures and had so much vision about what their structures meant for them and their career, possible careers. But it, it allowed me to connect with persons within those industries because that was one of the good things about NAWIC. The vast array of professions that I connected with architects, engineers, designers, the general contractors, the admin support team, they were all part of this network. Mm-hmm. I was able to take that relationship and build upon with my own company. So I became more of an asset to myself because I was able to have an insight on what's happening on the construction world, even within my company, I had some kind of feedback to give, some contribution to make. So NAWIC did allow me to have that. It was during the process of my contract administration duties where assigning Mm -hmm. subcontracts on larger projects where we needed to have those minority subs. And I became aware how big that gap is in terms of skilled trades meant available for projects and some of the subs, not just in our field, but across the board. I mean, it was not just one particular trade. They were all having the same issues of the lack of the skilled trades gap. There was also an issue with the trade subcontractors needing minority certification so that they can qualify for these set-aside projects. So it was a way for us to look at those issues and be able to find solutions to those. Women Gone Global Partners was created to basically solve not just those both issues, but then also look at women as an untapped resource and use that to help fill that gap. So that's so when the two of you met at NAWIC. And can do you remember, do either of you remember that first moment when you saw each other and when you met? Don't we, was it, we, we belong to another organization that we, it was a woman's organization called Women of Notability. And I think maybe right. that's where I met Valencia. It was at a women's group. And then it's there that she invited me to volunteer for this blockage program. Correct. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> that's right. Because we did our little pampering retreat 
<laughs> yes. received a trip and, you know, really got to know each other. And um, from there on, you know, and I knew she was in con- the construction industry. And I said, well, you need to come and volunteer with our block kids. Because at the time I was over the block kids, um, you know, program. So with our chapter and she came and as she said, I couldn't get rid of her after that. <laughs> <laughs> I love kids and I just love them. <laughs> yeah, the block kids program is the Lego they build with Legos, right? Yes. Correct. Correct. It's a it's an opportunity for us to bring awareness of the construction industry to elementary school age kids. And so basically what they do, we bring in groups of children, they have opportunity to have sort of a little building competition with Lego blocks and three other items. And each child is tasked with building their own little structure. And we, you know, we judge them. You know, we have judges to go and they actually talk to the children while they're building to get their insight as to what they're building, because sometimes you really can't tell until you ask them. And then we judge them and give them prizes. But while they're being judged, we also have demonstrations to again, introduce other aspects of the construction industry. Our latest addition, which has been very successful, is our partner, one of our partners and membership partners is United Rentals, and they actually bring in construction equipment, and the children get an opportunity to climb up on the the equipment, and, you know, they're told how it's done and what what it does. So one of the great things about Block Kids is it's not only it, it, it introduces the children, but, you know, usually we have parents come, and we also invite other volunteers who may or may not be in the construction industry, and so it's an opportunity really to kind of across the board, you know, introduce to the children, you introduce to the parents that, Construction can be a viable career choice for your child because we already know that not all children are, or youth are geared for college, you know, to go and, and just graduate through college. But, you know, if you can provide an opportunity for them to actually learn a trade and a skill which will carry them, you know, for life, then, you know, we, we're doing a good job. So, and it's something that's been lacking as they have removed vocational and technical coursework out the high schools, you know, because the book was everyone needs to go to college. Well, not everybody is college material. And I think they're recognizing that. And we are suffering from the lack of the workforce, you know, the skilled trade workers in the workforce because of it. Right. And there's different ways that you've been approaching that. And I think the big one is... Women Gone Global Partners. And I'd like to hear a little bit more about your organization, Women Gone Global Partners, and you know how what exactly you're doing with Women Gone Global, how it's set up, how it's going to help solve the skilled trades gap. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, I'll start and I know then Erica can fill in. Well, with Women Gone Global Partners, you know, we're we're multifaceted, first of all. So we have different components. With the training component, we are, our program is a pre-apprenticeship leading to an apprenticeship training. So what that means is as a pre-apprentice, our trainees come in and they learn all the foundational tenets of the construction industry. You know, we talk about construction safety, talk about blueprint reading, talk about communicating on the job site and just uh, the different tools, hand tools, you know, and different equipment and how to basically handle yourself on a job site. And through that, you know, we have, it's all, it's 
classroom learning as well as practical learning where they will actually be on a job site where they can observe. They won't be doing the work, but they will be observing so that they have an idea of what it's like to be on a construction site. And also we do a a very comprehensive assessment of the woman before she even gets to that point, you know, before she even is enrolled in our courses, because we want to ensure that the women that come into our program, one, they understand what the construction industry is about. Two, are is this what they want to do? Or do they have the the makeup, the stamina, the like to to do the job? Is this our um, you know, do you have the aptitude to do it? And then we look at and as we say the wholeness approach, because in order to work, there are other things that are involved. So we know that historically there are different issues that women face in terms of hindering them from being employable or being able to stay on a job, you know, to be retained on a job. Primary issue, child care, or could be transportation, or could be, you know, health issues, could be socioeconomic issues. So we address all of those issues to mitigate the the reasons for being, you know, not being able to stay in the program because our focus is that once you get in the program, you're going to go all the way through it and you're going to succeed in the program. So once they get through that pre-apprenticeship program, which will basically be uh, six months, and I'll come back to the six-month reason, they go into an apprenticeship position. And what we've done is we've partnered up with various businesses or contractors who need you know, the various skill sets that our pre-apprentices have gained, and they will now enter into an apprenticeship, which is a paid position. So they are getting paid as they continue to learn because the apprenticeship piece takes them to the end of their training because they will still be learning. They'll still get some, have some class time, classroom time, but they will be on the job actually performing the work that they're learning so that they end up being, as we say, a a journeyman or one who is expert in their craft and in their field. So I say, we say six months because generally when you look out here, they have all kinds of training programs. There are plenty of training programs out here, but most of them, if you hear something say six weeks, seven weeks, you know, even eight weeks, you know that they can't learn a whole lot in that time in terms of being a skilled worker. They may can be a laborer, you know, and go on a job, but they would not technically should not be handling any tools if they are not you know, qualified to, to do the trade work. So we go beyond that. We go beyond making sure, one, that they know the industry inside and out, and then they have an opportunity to choose whatever skill trade that in the realm that we're, we're training, which is welding, sheetrocking, and drywall painting, and uh, millwork, flooring, and solar panel installation. I think I got all of them. And so they will choose before they finish their pre-apprenticeship, they will choose one to kind of specialize in so that when we team them up with that employer, they will not be, as they say, green, but they will have a skill set. They will have a, a level of competency to say that makes them more valuable to the employer because the employer doesn't have to spend a whole lot of time doing that beginning training that they will already be beyond that. So that's going to set us apart. So what is the entry point for women? So a woman, she's looking for a job. She doesn't quite know what she wants to do, but she knows she's interested in the trades. And then she comes to you. Is that the entry point? Sure. 
It can, and, and you know, it's, it, it varies because it can be that woman. It could be a youth just graduating. It could be, you know, a youth, say, aging out of foster care. It could be a veteran who's come back. And she may she may have, you know, some skill sets, but she needs to, to you know, upgrade her skill sets or what have you. Be the woman who has no idea what she wants to do. Say, just entering the workforce, say she may have been an at-home mom, but say she's a DIYer and she just loves the fact of doing stuff with her hands. And she said, hey, maybe I could go and be a carpenter. You know, so it's varying levels. And that's why that assessment is so key because we will be able to identify and help that woman identify just what their aptitude is. Because they may think, oh yeah, I want to do this. But once they take this assessment, you know, the different assessment tools, then it may turn out, well, maybe I don't want to do that. Maybe I want to do this. So it just varies. How do you know what fields are are looking for workers in that specific area? How do you know where, where to be going for apprenticeship? Well, yeah, go ahead and get that one, Erica, because she's... One of the things we did with creating Women Going Global Partners, we kind of worked from the end backwards. We actually looked at the industries. We know across the board that there was a, a need for skilled trades. So we looked first at the needs of particular organizations. So the, constru- the, the trade subcontractors association usually have postings where they need trade workers. Or you will hear within our industry, we always get the word on projects that are happening and some of the issues that are happening on construction sites. So we have access to the issues mm-hmm. that are happening right there. You have you know, a project, you've got 240 unit condominium that's going up. You've got a painting contractor, but that painting contractor has a deadline of, you know, six months, but he doesn't have a crew that would meet that schedule. So he needs to have an additional 20 or 30 crews within the next month. So you get word that he's looking for crews, but we know his issues pertaining to the number of skilled tradespeople that he can rely on. And it's not just for the painter. It's the same thing for the flooring person, the electrical, the plumber. They're all, that's what makes this just so easy Mm -hmm. in terms of the needs, because it's across the board. Any skilled trades across the board is in need of workers. Right. I love the idea of working backwards because instead of just, you know, sending someone to school to learn a skill that they may or may not be able to get work in, you're actually going to the employers, you're saying, where do you need workers? And then you're taking those areas and you're matching them with women and then training and then giving them the training from the beginning forward. So that's, that's meeting them in the middle and putting them like in a perfect position to thrive and to succeed. Yeah, it, it really, it's really helps to have those companies buy in because they also get to be part of the program itself. What do you need them to know when they come to you? How mm-hmm. are they beneficial in their skills? So we create the program to meet the employer. We encourage as many partners as possible. We may only train in five, but we definitely are partnered with the plumbers union, the carpenters union, the mason union. And so we still can give that information to the young women when they come in, even though we don't do the extended training above the pre-apprenticeship in that field, 
we are still advocates for all the other training opportunities that are out there that they're willing to bring women in. And Valencia, you mentioned something I read, build the woman, you build her family, build her family, you build the community. Can you talk a little bit about that and how that plays into your program? Yeah, so one of the end games is that we are trying to develop communities and trying to enhance communities. So we always say that, you know, the woman is the heart of the home. Well, when you build a woman, you build up her family. As you build up her family, you build up the community. And in the end, that's a win-win. So we want to ensure that, that's why we say, when the woman enters our program, you know, it's not just a job or just uh, training her with giving her a skill set, but it's training her for a career path. And so that career path becomes an opportunity for her to be sustainable with her family. Her family becomes sustainable and then they become sustainable within the community. And, you know, with when you think about it with those skill sets, she can go off if she doesn't want to just have a nine to five or well, with construction is not necessarily nine to five, but have a job with a company. She can be an independent contractor, allowing her to do other things, you know, working with her community different services in the community, working with her children's schools, or should become an actual business owner, business owner who can, again, be a part of the community, especially with the construction, go and help and rehab, you know, senior homes, create opportunities for youth to come in and learn about the industry, and at the same time, volunteer to help help their community and where there's a need. So, you know, it becomes full blown and and full encompassing when you think about just from starting and turning and training someone to do, like I said, you know, if you train a person how to fish, they eat for life, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's that type of thing, that type of concept that we're looking at. We just have a few more minutes. I want to make sure we take a moment to tell our listeners where they can go to learn more about Women Gone Global and get involved in your projects. Okay, well, we have, we're all over social media, webpage, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you go to our webpage at www.womengoneglobalpartners.org, you will be able to click on all the different other social media platforms that we are on and also LinkedIn. So be sure to check us on LinkedIn as well. And right now we do have a pro- upcoming project, Build a Planner Box next Friday at, uh, that's the 25th at six o'clock. I th- or I think we start at five, but you can find out all the information on our social media and go to register so that you can be a part of an actual build. We'll be building a planter box and you can either go and purchase you a kit or you can find your own materials and be a, a true DIYer and build your own. But we're going to live stream it through Zoom so that you have an opportunity to watch us and we can watch you. Wait, so, so you're saying people people can go online and participate in an online building of a planter together? Yep, correct. Yeah. And remember, they will be doing it. They will be doing their own building. But, you know, uh-huh. we're going to be kind of watching and we'll be Zooming in on, you know, particular people. So, like, I'm going to be on my deck. Erica will be at a painter's union. So with some other contractors and we'll be building different, each of us will be building a different planter. So you will be responsible for buying a kit if you want to do a kit, or you can just watch us do it to get some inspiration and get some um, ideas building your own planter box. So cool. Sounds fun. (laughs) 
<laughs> Erica Jean-Baptiste and Valencia McDaniel, we're so grateful for women like you doing this important work to advance and promote women in construction and trades. Thanks for all your work with the National Association of Women in Construction and Women Gone Global Partnership. It's super exciting and we're really looking forward to watching it grow and seeing all that you accomplish with that organization. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Emily, for the opportunity. We so appreciate you and know that we will be coming after Juno Jones shoes because our girls are going to need some shoes. So be, be ready. Get ready. Get ready. Thanks, ladies. Thank you. You have been listening to the Hazard Girls podcast on Jacket Media, sponsored by Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company. That's junojonesshoes.com. And you can go there to learn about our steel toe boots and to join the Hazard Girls community. I'm your host, Emily Salaby. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.